This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This episode comes from our YouTube teaching archives. This week, we are talking all about inner child avoidance tactics. Now, this is the inner child that stops us from following our true path, that blocks us from making healthy or authentic choices in our lifestyle, our relationships and career. And it's the same inner child that can often make excuses for us to not practice self-care or not do self-development work, even though deep down we know that this is required in order for us to flourish and grow. So we'll be sharing what we believe are the most common inner child avoidance tactics and how you can stop them. Okay, David, so why is it that sometimes we always choose to make excuses or avoid things that deep down we know are the healthy or the right or the authentic thing to do? So I think before we begin, for our new viewers, it'd be a good idea to go over what we mean by the inner child. So I'm not talking about something strange that's away from you or external to you. You may prefer to use the name something like ego or emotional mind, but it's a part of your mind, a very natural part of your mind, that developed around the age of six to nine years old. And in my experience working with clients, this is a very important period for you to reflect on and think about your childhood and things that was happening to you around roughly that age gap. And what happens is then the child encounters a very difficult circumstance or set of circumstances that really creates it intense or overwhelming emotional feelings. Now the child does not understand or accept that they are creating the feelings. They believe that the feelings are coming externally into them. They're being attacked, if you like, and they have to defend themselves. And then they set up a barrier, a kind of a form of protection, a, 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 a wall. And they have to use what I call the vow, V-O-W. It's very important, that, that word. And that starts the problem of the avoidance because they have to say to themselves, it must be me. There's something wrong with me. And then that acts like a filter. And if you don't address that situation, that filter stays in place for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are, how grown up you are, how mature you are, that part of your mind is still acting like a filter. So we something happens to us in childhood. We don't understand it. It could be traumatic or overwhelming. And we blame ourselves. We create yeah. that vow that we have talked about on another teaching. And I can put a link to that teaching at the end of this video. But that vow is, in essence, it, you're saying that sets up the first avoidance. Yes, that vow is like the first domino, I call it. The first domino that knocks all of the other dominoes. 
Because what you're saying, in some form, it must be me. There's something wrong with me. It can't be the people around me, the grown-ups, the parents, the teachers. It can't be them that are at fault. I must be at fault. And that creates what I call a separation. You're separating a part of your mind. And that's the separation that we call the inner child. And then that inner child starts to almost develop a characteristics of its own, which is very childlike. And that's why I like the term in, in a child. It will have strops, it will have temper tantrums, it will sulk, it will shout, it will scream, it will try and manipulate, as you yeah. said once. It's, it's very good at manipulation, like all children. This is not something that's wrong or evil or bad. All children manipulate. And so that part of your mind gets stuck. The Chinese call it like a kernel stuck into that way of perceiving things and it's like a filter if you want to use another word i'm trying to use different words because <laughs> i don't want you to be stuck on my words it's like a filter that everything goes through that filter or as one of my clients said it's like a sausage machine you as you go in one end it comes out the other end and that's what the child sees it that's what that part of your mind sees it as a filter because it's created this separation that it doesn't believe that it's, there's something wrong with him. That's what it believes, there's something wrong with her. So when you say separation, do you mean separation from reality or the truth or separation from a part of who we are? Yeah, that's a great question. It's almost a, part, a bit of everything <laughs> of that. It's a separation. So you're working from a childlike ideals of things should be the way that I would like them to be. So first of all, the child doesn't accept that they have created their emotional feelings. They believe that that's an external attack. So they don't believe that. So now they've got a big problem. They've got to now try and control the emotional feelings. And so they do that by manipulation, by not accepting reality, by believing things should be the way that they believe it should be in a perfect world. Now you see all these new words start coming perfection. Yeah. I'm entitled. It's not fair. It's unjust. It's, you know, and then you see how the child then starts to develop this set of language and this set of ideas that are still in there. And if they're left on their own, that just becomes more and more entrenched. And I can see, I like this idea of the inner child having its own language or it's almost like a set of rules for living that you touched upon this idea of the inner child wanting perfection or not wanting wanting a, a, like a Disneyland world. And I know we've talked about this on several other teachings. And also the inner child not acknowledging or not wanting to take responsibility for the fact that it creates the emotions. So my next question is, so we create the vow, we blame ourselves, we carry that vow from childhood into adulthood. And it manifests in adulthood through our inner child rather than us being that young child we once were. If we have the vow that blames us, it must be me. Is the avoidance then avoidance of emotions or avoidance of reality, which isn't a Disneyland? Is, is that what the inner child is avoiding? Well, you see, this is why it gets very interesting. <laughs> this is what interests me about this subject. And it can be confusing. So let's go carefully. So the inner child creates a separation, and the vow is it must be me. So it wants to get away from that vow, 
So what the inner child then begins to do is to blame you. Okay. But that he it doesn't see it doesn't itself as you. Thank you. Okay, I get it. There's you. the confusion. Let me give you an analogy. I call it the chocolate biscuit analogy. <laughs> if you've got a physical child and the physical child comes and says, can I have a chocolate biscuit with my milk? And you say, yes, of course you can, darling. Here's a chocolate biscuit. Then he comes back two minutes later and says, can I have another chocolate biscuit? I haven't finished my milk. And you might say, okay, one more then. And that's a minute later, he comes back, can I have another chocolate biscuit? And you say, no. Now, what does a child do? It has a sulk. It creates problems. Oh, it's not fair. Oh, you know, it starts to cry. This is the manipulation that, that we talk about. Now, let's just follow that analogy along. If it goes on and on and on and on until you say, here, have the packet of chocolate biscuits. Have them. And the child goes, great. If I shout and scream loud enough, I get my own way. Let me carry the analogy on a little bit longer because it doesn't stop there. The inner child goes in the other room, eats the whole packet in one go, and then the child is sick. Who does the child blame? doesn't blame itself. Mm -hmm. It blames the parent. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the scenario. The inner child creates this forced separation. That's why it can say the three lies. You're not good enough. You can't cope. You're unlovable. The inner child's not saying, I'm unlovable now. Mm. It's blaming you. <laughs> it's pointing yeah. the finger. That's why I say for a lot of my clients, when I said, well, where's your inner child? They'll say, well, it's around here, floating around, looking at me, criticizing, comparing, being judgmental. When things go wrong, blaming me. It's your fault. There you go again. You've let it down. And this is what makes the inner child work so profound and so important to understand this trick. We did a video a couple of weeks ago called an illusion, the inner child illusion, and it plays these tricks on you. And this is what you've got to understand. There can be no separation <laughs> in your mind. There's a oneness. Yeah. When it says that, you are, can't, you're not good enough, it doesn't make sense. What part of you is not good enough? Your ear, your nose, your big toe, and how can he judge what's got not good enough? See, as you start to analyze it without the emotion, now you start to see that the inner child wants things the way that it wants it. Like all children, wouldn't it be better if it was, wouldn't it be better if I could go to bed when I wanted, play on the games machine all night, didn't have to go to school, eat what I wanted, do what I want, do. This is what the inner child, it doesn't want that discipline and control. So the inner child within us creates the vow. <clears throat> it then wants to run away from that reality. It doesn't, yep. it's like the dirty little secret we've talked about. So what it does is it pulls apart and starts to look down and point the finger at us. Yes. So it separates, as you say. So there's a part of our mind that starts to criticize, judge, compare, and be generally negative and have a big downer on ourselves. Yes. And so this separation, I guess, is one tactic the inner child uses to avoid because that negative self-talk, which I know so many of us fall victim to, or so many of your clients suffer from, when we listen to that inner child negative self-talk and we believe it, we don't question it, we believe it. And so we say, 
you're not good enough, you're going to fail at this, this is going to be a disaster, you're not lovable, the relationship's going to end in tears. When we believe that negative self-talk from the inner child, then we give up because we want to avoid that potential problem that the inner child's giving us. But you see how subtle this is. Did you hear what Alex just says? We never say the inner child tells us we're not good enough. Because mm, we... We've now owned it for us. Yeah. We never say that. When, if you say that one as one of the three lies, I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable, you never say the inner child tells me I'm not good enough. You say, I'm not good enough. And that's the illusion. That's the trick mm. the child has played. That's <laughs> when I say to my clients, what part of you is not good enough? Yeah. And I go, well, all of me. So if you're not good enough, how can you judge you're not good enough? If you're not good enough, it doesn't make sense. And there's the separation in, in play. Now what the child is saying is, I want things like all children. Here's why the inner child analogy really works. I want things the way I want them. I don't like reality when things could go wrong. I don't like reality when people could criticize me, when people could judge me, where people couldn't compare me. Now the inner child plays another trick now. I can do it. So the inner child's quite happy comparing, judging and criticizing, but nobody else can do it to them. So that's why it creates the separation. From that separation comes the avoidance. The inner child does not want to take responsibility for anything. It wants to shift the responsibility back to my chocolate biscuit analogy. Yeah. It doesn't go back to their mummy and say, oh, mummy, you were right. Yeah. I shouldn't have eat, ate all the chocolate biscuits. It goes, it's your fault. You shouldn't have given them to yeah, me. Yeah. And that's the trick. See, it's a very subtle trick. But believe me, this is so powerful. And this is running so many of my clients' lives that understanding this trick, trying to explain it in simplistic <laughs> words, which we're trying to do now, is very difficult, you see, because it creates yeah. all this confusion. And I guess that the principle of separation, which is kind of quite an abstract thing, but it's almost like the CCJ, as we call it, yep. the comparing, the criticizing, the negative self-talk, against ourselves, being judgmental against ourselves, that CCJ is the fuel for this particular strategy of avoidance. That's mm. the fuel that stops us from making authentic decisions, making authentic choices, doing self-care, doing self-development work, because the inner child has given us that negative narrative, which we are just buying into lot stock and barrel we're not questioning it at all well we're so used to it you see alex it's such a voice we don't even recognize it as an in, inner critic or an inner voice it's just a voice that's going on all of the time and what we're trying to do instead of going towards it with which i teach with my clients let's speak to the inner child and i know we're going to do a series of videos called the inner child conversations how do you speak to the inner child Back to my analogy of the chocolate biscuits, instead of saying to the child, no, and this is the reason why, and to deal with the temper tantrum, the parent gives in and gives the whole lot. And that's what we've been doing all of our lives. We give in to the child. So instead of us being at the wheel of our car, there's an eight-year-old driving our yeah. car. And we're saying, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, it's wrong. Oh. And we're sitting in the back like we're some kind of a victim. And that's why I say, that's why that teaching is so important. 
We are the creator of our emotions, not the victim of them. And that's why the inner child cannot and will not accept that you create the emotions. Many of my clients, when we get through session one and they start to understand, they'll say something like this, David, emo uh, like mentally, maturely was the word I was looking for. Maturely, David, I accept that I create my emotions, but, and there's the but word, which means I accept <laughs> it, but I'm not going, there's yeah. a child in control. Once yeah. you use the word but in the middle of a sentence, means forget it, the child is in control. Now the child is on a different agenda, Yeah, totally different. The child wants this life that's somehow free of all, anything that he finds uncomfortable or doesn't follow what it wants. It's got this perfect ideal, a lot of my clients would call it perfection. I call it utopian or Disney World. Everything works out the way it wants it to work out, when it wants it to work out, the time period it wants it to work out. People do and say what it wants. There's no inconvenience. Everybody thinks that, you know, it's all these childlike ideals. So the inner child, because it wants these childlike ideals, anything that he believes or sees on the horizon, which may not be in accordance with those ideals or may not produce the results it wants or may go completely against the grain of those ideals, it will want to avoid. Absolutely. And so that's everything. Yeah, literally everything. Uh, literally everything. everything. Because life in the general is not perfect and we cannot avoid the fact that we create our emotions. So therefore, we've got to take responsibility for and them. There's, and there's its problem. Yeah, yeah. Now it's got a real big problem now. And that's why it goes on what we call the carousel of despair. Now, some people would call it a habit. Some people would call it many other things. I call it familiarity. You see, so the inner child will always go on the familiar road, even if it's proven to be wrong, because it's got a reason. If it's wrong, it blames you. It blames you. But this is more familiar. A lot of my clients will say, well, it's easier. Have you said this? Oh, it's just easier. It's like the parent. Oh, it's easier to give them the chocolate biscuits. Oh, it's easier to let them stay up, up later. Oh, it's easier. It's not. It's giving in. You are surrendering, if you want another word, to the child. The child, then you're attached to the child. The child is you. And then you've got an eight-year-old in control of your life. So is this carousel of despair then almost like another tactic avoidance strategy that the inner child uses? It's, 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 one, it's one, of the main, one of the main ones. You could call it a self-fulfilling prophecy. I always say on my videos, and you've heard me many, many times, please write in and tell me why you're not good enough. The fountainhead the beginning of why you believe you're not good the enough. The original reason. The original, the fountainhead, yep. the first cause. Because when you came into this world, nobody held you up to the light and said, you're not good enough. This is something you've learned. And then most of my clients will write in and they'll say, I'll give you the evidence, David. I'm unlovable. One lady did this a few months ago. I'm unlovable because I've had three failed marriages. And there's the evidence. That's not the evidence. That's the result of mm -hmm. believing you're not good enough. That's where you get it wrong. 
you've got to predate it, not post-date it. Mm -hmm. You can't look and think, well, if I'm unlovable, what's going to happen to me? Well, I'm not going to be loved, am I? I'm going to have people walk yeah. away. There's the evidence. I'm unlovable. No, no, that's not the evidence. That's the result of thinking you're unlovable. You have to do the golden thread to go down to the course. Why do you now believe that you're unlovable? Because I don't. This is yeah. what I say to my clients. Please convince me. Please convince me you're unlovable. You can't cope. You're, you're not good enough. Please convince me. And in 45 years, like nearly, not one client has been able to mm. convince me because there's no evidence. Mm. There are plenty of results, but no evidence. So that's the trick. The avoidance trick is the, is the inner child plays on you to put you onto the carousel. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You keep on yeah. following the path. Now, you may call it, oh, it's just a habit. Oh, I can't help it. Oh, it, I've done it before I've realized. My clients will use words like, David, you don't realize it's ingrained. I've, and all of this is the child in control saying, you're not in control here. The child's in control. The child's in control and you haven't gone and addressed the child. So that's the number one avoidance. Well, not perhaps the number one, but one of, one the, of, main, the, <laughs> one of yeah. the main ones because he's very good because yeah. another one is confusion. Okay, so can I just ask you before we go into confusion, I think what I've identified here from what you said is with the separation, the first, the first <clears throat> strategy, that can be identified by the CCJ, the negative self-talk, the I'm not good enough or you're not good enough, you're not lovable, you can't cope, you can't manage. That's the fuel for the separation. For the carousel of despair, the fuel is the um, inner child accumulating as much evidence as it can possibly see. So the trick the inner child plays, as you just said, is rather than looking for the original reason, the original evidence the inner child wants to wants you to focus on and wants you to accumulate all the negative outcomes to prove its point. Exactly. So that's the fuel. Exactly. So the third one then, is the confusion. What, is what we call the maze of confusion. Now the inner child loves confusion because it carries on doing what it wants to do and it will get you lost in confusion. It will put layers and layers and layers and layers on. People come to me with many presenting difficulties such as oh, an overeating, um, gambling problems, smoking problems, lack of self-esteem. And what the child is doing is putting layers of other issues on top so it sits underneath nice and quiet and you spend your time. That's why it doesn't want to own up because one of the biggest, I would say 90% of people that come to me is because of their emotions. That's the reason. So the inner child's there at the bottom and it loves talking about emotions. It will spend years talking about, tell me how that makes you feel. Let's explore your emotions a bit deeper. Let's talk about your emotions. How does that person affect your emotions? It loves that because nothing's changing. It's got you in the confusion. And you talk endlessly about emotional issues and situations. And this is what I say to my clients. I am acknowledging your emotions absolutely 100%. I would say they're even more powerful than you're giving me. But now I do not want to talk about your emotions. 
I want to talk about your thoughts and beliefs that create your emotions. Once I say that, you can almost see their face change yeah. because their inner child goes, whoa, oh, you're uncovering me. Mm. I don't want to be uncovered. Let's talk about the emotions. Mm. I feel, I feel, I feel like this, David. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like it's too much. I say, no, are you saying you think it's too much? Are you saying you believe you are overwhelmed? And that's the golden thread, because the golden thread will eventually lead to the inner child. And I've said in all of my videos, the inner child is not a monster. The inner child is not evil. The inner child is not a demon. The inner child is not against you. The inner child is like a stuck little child, huddled up in a corner, not knowing what to do because nobody's ever sat down with them Give them a hug, listen to what they've got to say, and answer the questions. And so therefore, what is done over the years, it is an expert at creating avoidance. That's, oh my goodness, it is so good at creating avoidance that you now don't even realise it's doing it. And so, as you say, this could be applied to anything, any like big, momentous, critical decisions in our life in terms of lifestyle, career, relationships, but it could also be applied on day-to-day -day applications, you know, like why when we know it's a good idea to go out for a healthy walk, but we choose not to, or exactly. why when we know it's a good idea to be mindful of our self-talk for all the reasons you know from listening to our teachers, and yet we, we're not. So this avoidance is happening all the time on so many kind of macro, micro levels. That's right, because then you can spend your time working on all of those levels and there's a the confusion. Yeah. You're not going to the root <laughs> yeah, cause. Yeah, yeah. So say, for instance, if a lady or it's nearly always ladies, but sometimes gentlemen, they come to me with weight problems, they're overweight. And they say, I know what, how to eat healthy. Mm. I know. And then my question is, well, why don't you? I don't know. You see, that, if, again, if you hear these terms, I don't know. It doesn't even make sense. So you've got to find out the reason. So that's always the inner child at work there because the inner child is laid on a level of confusion. It wants you to talk about diets and exercise and all of this thing, not what it's stuck on, not what's much, much deeper. And that's what the golden thread does. When we demonstrate the golden thread on these videos, I'm sure Alex will put links to the golden thread videos, you see asking why, why, in a calm, gentle way, trying to get to that part of your mind that we're labeling the inner child to see what it is it's stuck on, to see what it doesn't <laughs> understand, to see what conclusions it's come to, and to and he will hold on yeah. to those conclusions like grim death. Yeah. The inner child, as we said a couple of videos ago, is a stubborn little thing. It is willful. It will not let go. And that's why you've got to engage it in conversation. And so, as you say, the inner child just does not want to be found out. So mm. when it starts to suspect that you're doing the self-care or doing the self-development work or doing the golden thread process that we teach for yourself, that's when it will put in extra effort for the separation. So even more criticizing, being judgmental, comparing you negatively. 
even more of the maze of confusion saying, well, you've you've messed this up before. You've tried this regime a hundred times before and it's never worked. So there's the kind of the gathering of the, on the carousel of despair. And it keeps you on the maze of confusion because it and, starts to create more red light emotions. And why do you think it does that? Because it wants to keep you on the familiar path. So although I guess there's a part of us that knows, and I guess that's our share and our authentic self, knows that, you know, this is the right thing for me to do. It's, it's right for me to make authentic choices. It's right for me to focus on my own self-care. It's right for me to do this self-development work, which may be a bit uncomfortable or unfamiliar at first. Authentically, we know that, but the inner child does not want to suffer. It doesn't want any hardship somehow. It doesn't want any red light feelings. It doesn't want anything which is uncomfortable or takes it away from this kind of fairyland imaginary world that it believes somehow will one day be <laughs> achieved if it pummels you down hard enough with all these avoidance tactics. And it also knows that if it does it, because it's got the evidence in the past, you will give up. Mm, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. That's why it does it. Just like a child, if I scream and shout loud enough, I will get the packet of biscuits. I've just got to shout louder. And if I'm not getting them, then I'm not shouting loud enough. And that's why nearly all of my clients do need a little bit of support because you, you have a raging inner child there and you have to learn not to fight fire with fire. What a lot of my clients do, they battle it and there's no need to battle your inner child. Mm. You have to be loving, inquisitive, genuinely interested in what the inner child is saying and get it to ask for its evidence. That's what the golden thread does. You engage. And another, this is, I like this word, is it's emotional education because the inner child has not been educated and it's working from a very narrow perception, mm. right, wrong, good, bad, their way or no way. Mm. And, and you've got to widen the perception so that they see things in a different way. And that's a joyful process of educating your child. Because instead of creating the separation, what you're doing is you're bringing them together. And just imagine this amazing, willful inner child, so strong, so determined, so forceful on your team, working together with you. And that's what I'm trying to achieve, is you bring your inner child part of your mind and your mature part of the mind together as one. So you're following the path what I would call the Wu Wei, your authentic true path. And here's a life lesson. If you're tuned into your inner child, if you're just placating him, avoiding him, giving him more chocolate, giving her more chocolate, giving, blaming her, blaming you, and all of this yeah. circle of going on, you're not walking your path. You're following an old path that leads nowhere. The inner child is quite content with this because the inner child doesn't like the unknown, doesn't like new things because he doesn't want to be criticized, he doesn't want to be judged, he doesn't want to be embarrassed, he doesn't want to be compared, he doesn't want to be shown up, doesn't want all of those things. So walking the same path and having the ability to blame you, yeah. it's the lesser of two evils, you could call it. The inner child knows this isn't good. 
We don't have to convince him it's not good, but it's the lesser of two evils. And I can see how this inner child reparenting that you talk about is also going to somehow involve like a deconstruction of these avoidance strategies because it, it's almost like the vow is the the seed of self-doubt which the inner child then wants to disassociate from run away from and in order but then from that point onwards the inner child has constructed this huge elaborate castle of avoidance strategies of manipulations which you are a prisoner to in essence because yes. you you've never questioned it you've yes. never said well hold on a minute why are we doing this? Why am I going down this route? So I would imagine the work that you do one-to-one -one with your clients, doing the golden thread process technique with them and that inner child reparenting, that allows the person, the individual to deconstruct this elaborate fortification of avoidance strategies that the inner child has created. That's exactly right. What you're doing, you're teaching them a technique because they can go and do it for themselves, just sitting quietly in what I would call a meditation, because I believe a meditation is the process of focusing your mind, sitting quietly and having that internal di dialogue, rather than it being in an aggressive, nasty way, but trying to understand what the child wants and why he wants it and where do those beliefs originate from? Because as I say, let's just use one. I'm not good enough. He wasn't born. That's not their nature. It's not her nature. She believes that. She's mm. got that from somewhere. It's different for, uh, for everyone. The majority, of course, is childhood and parental uh, teachings. But you've got to question those. See, you can still, for instance, you can still love your parents but disagree with what they did. So that would be a concept that perhaps the child has never considered. And then you sit with a child to say that perhaps the parents' teaching were wrong because of their parents, because of your grandparents. Now the inner child now is being talked with and educated. They might disagree, and then you have that conversation. But that's what I would call the inner child meditations. Mm. When you're sitting, I always say to my clients when we're working together, Imagine yourself. Some of my clients even bring a photograph of themselves around six, seven, eight, nine. And imagine sitting that child who you were at eight years old, seven years old. You come and sit her or him on your lap and you put your arms around them and you say, OK, sweetheart, now let's talk. Without all of the emotion, all of the shouting, all of the screaming, tell me what it is that you're concerned about. Tell me what it is that's worrying you about this. Tell me what it is that's creating the emotion. Whatever. whatever. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to have that conversation. And once you get past, as Alex said at the beginning, like all children, like, oh, get away. Oh, get away. I don't want to speak to you. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. That's why you've got to be loving and firm. They might do that once, twice, even three times. But soon they'll start talking to you. And then you don't need me then because you can then educate the child for yourself. You can then grow together. And that's you and the child coming together as one. Mm. This is the teaching of Taoism, that we have characteristics within the one. We're not trying to eliminate the child. That's the last thing we want to do. We're trying to bring the child into the team 
So the team works together, and that's the Taoist teaching of oneness, different characteristics inside the oneness. Mm, brilliant. Thank you, David. Well, and we've done so many more teachings on inner child work, how to have those sorts of conversations, that dialogue, that questioning technique. So I will put links to those resources for you below so you can learn a lot more about that sort of work to help you on your journey. I hope this has helped you understand the inner child avoidance tactics, why it does it and what are the typical telltale signs that we are in avoidance mode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group on our YouTube channel and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.